Welcome in, welcome into the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. Patrick Allen and Matt Verderan back again to preview Chiefs versus 49ers. We've got a lot to get to, to get to today. There's a few different storylines going on in the Chiefs kingdom. But first, how are you doing, Verderam? How are you recovering from this uh, this tough loss to the Buffalo Bills? I'm, I'm fine. I'm tired. I, I feel like I need to get to bed before 2 o'clock in the morning probably a little bit more often. But um, other than that, I'm fine. I... I am in a weird spot with them because I am more encouraged about them than I were than I was a week ago, like before that game in an odd way. But I'm also I've never been more concerned about them as a as a coaching staff than I I am at this point. So I'm I'm very conflicted. But uh, otherwise, I'm I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm a little tired. Uh, My wife, uh, her theater company opened a new show last night. So I went was out there to to support and. you know, she was my ride. So I was, I was there at the after party pretty late, you know, still recovering a little bit, not as young as I used to be. Um, but doing all right. Um, happy to talk some chiefs here with you today. And I know that you've been on the coaching staff a lot in your, in your videos this week on the Arrowhead Addict YouTube channel. Um, so we'll get to that in just a minute. We're also going to talk this Odell Beckham Jr. Rumor mill going on Travis Kelsey contract restructure. We got a lot to get to. And most importantly, at the end of the podcast for, for those who practice, We've got a serial review coming up. This is a really special one that I was not prepared for, but this came in the mail yesterday. Jaws cereal. Absolutely incredible from my sister. My sister found this. It's good to have family members who look out for you and understand you, you know, uh, the, at the core of your being. You can't get this in the States, I don't think, Verderam. This is from the UK. This is a very special serial review. I, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm very proud of your sister. <laughs> I saw the the you know the UPS guy come and I'm like, what is going on? What did I get here? And I got really excited when I opened the box and saw it because I thought, damn it, finally the the cereal big cereal is taking note of what we're doing here on this podcast. And and maybe now it means I'm a cereal influencer and it's just gonna start rolling in. But uh, it was just my sister. But you know, good, good in one way, but bad in another. I enjoy the term "big cereal." Big we cereal. need to, uh, yeah. yeah, like like big pharma. We need to, uh, we need to now. Now we need to th- th- take the fights to the streets against big cereal. <laughs> what uh, did we know? We've, we're on a mission to get Count Chocula year round. So, <laughs> um, all right. Um, before we uh, get into everything, we got to let you know this podcast is brought to you by. Casey Beer Co., Kansas City Beer Company, been our sponsor for a while now. We absolutely love them. Largest uh, locally owned brewery in Kansas City. Brew their beers with only four ingredients, malt, hops, barley, and yeast. No, no barley, malt, hops, water, and yeast. Uh, It's good stuff. It's an award-winning brewery with a terrific lineup of brews. So whatever type of beer you're into, Casey Beer Co. has a style for you. We actually get notes from people who, you know, are out of towners. They come into Kansas City for the first time. So they go to, they listen to this podcast, they go to Casey Beer Co., and they, you know, I've been hearing like, hey, I tried this beer. I don't usually like uh, lagers, but everything I had at Kansas City Beer Company was great. So check them out if you're in Kansas City or you're in the area and dare to beer different. And give them a shout on on uh, Twitter for us at Casey Beer Cup. All right, Verderam, a few things to get to here. Um, the first one I've got to bring up is uh, a lot of a little bit of behind the scenes things going on with the Chiefs this week. So the first move was that the Chiefs restructured Travis Kelsey's contract uh, to, to move some money around, convert it into a, a signing bonus, essentially. So he gets the money right away, and that spreads it out, right, ac- across the rest of, as, as far as cap hits go. Um, yeah. And what that does is it uh, lessens his hit, right? Frees up cap space for the Chiefs. Trade deadline's coming up. Why, why 
Why did they do this? Well, I think part of it is, first of all, the trade deadline for those who are unaware is November 1st. Uh, I think part of it was just because they needed to open up a little bit of space just in case of injury. They had under a million dollars in space. Teams like to have about four or five million on hand. So I think that's part of it. After uh, Aaron Wilson of Pro Football Network uh, tweeted out that the Chiefs were, um, I don't want to mis- uh, represent his tweet, either serious contenders or- I think or, it was serious contenders, yeah. Okay, uh, for Odell Beckham Jr. <clears throat> I reached out to um, to my sources that are apprised of this situation. Uh, my understanding is that the Chiefs are monitoring the Odell Beckham situation as they would with anybody else they might have interest in. Um, the expectation is that the teams that are most involved are the Chiefs, the Rams, the Bills, the Ravens, and the Packers. Those are the teams to watch. Doesn't mean somebody else couldn't get involved. God knows with stuff like this. You know, hey, two weeks, a lot could change. Uh, I was told that, look, it's not likely he signs before the trade deadline, that he might want to wait into, into November. My guess on that would be, because I couldn't get a firm answer as to why, my guess would be because he probably wants to see how these teams continue to play going forward, who maybe gets somebody uh, at the deadline, right? How, maybe it would affect him, depending on if you get the front receiver, something like that. Yeah. I think that's it's kind of the thought process, but look, they're interested in him. I mean, that that's for fact. They were interested in him last year. Right. Uh, I reported many people reported that they were in on him last year. They couldn't quite get it done. We'll see. I think it helps the Chiefs that the Rams are such a disaster right now. I think that helps yeah. because I think the Rams are clearly the favorites in the clubhouse. But now he's talking about they lowballed him. They're not playing well. You know, I think it's a fair thing to say of those five teams. The Chiefs and the Bills are the two teams you look at and say, well, they're, they're the two best. The Bills are better right now, but the Bills also have two other receivers who are going to get a ton of uh, target share. I mean, if he goes to Kansas City, he's the number one receiver on the team. So, look, does all that mean he ends up in KC? I don't know, but I think that there's you know, there's definitely interest from the Chiefs, but I, I don't expect anything to be imminent. And Evan, thank you for a very big Super Chat, man. Really appreciate Thanks, that. That is awesome. Yeah. And thank you for the kind words. And uh, Avalanche Technical Services coming into the party. Welcome. First time <laughs> live. Appreciate you, man. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Uh, thank you, Evan. Um, yeah. So with the Odell situation, obviously, um, he's just, we know how talented he, he is uh, yep. just from, a, from an athletic standpoint. Um, production has been up and down. Hasn't always been in the best situation but performed pretty well for the Rams last year and was and you and I were there together sitting next to each other at the yep. Super Bowl and he got off to a good start and then you know the injury happened. So I guess it kind of comes down to what's important to Odell Beckham Jr. What is he considering here? Is it does he want to be the number 1? Is it legacy? Is he after rings? Obviously he'd rather get more rings so it's it's probably all contenders he's considering. Where do you want to live for a little bit, right? Um that's probably factoring in there somewhere but maybe not as much as I don't people think that factors think. in a ton yeah because like if you're like think about it if you're him and you sign in mid-november you're gonna be here for two months right i mean you're not moving real, to, you're and, not buying and a also, house look you're not you know la is on that list but other than that it's not exactly a list of glitz and glamour right okay. i mean it's, it's baltimore it's buffalo it's kansas city yeah it's green bay so I, to me, I think that gets overblown. Yeah, you're not like now. Look, if you're going to sign somewhere for three years, four years, then yeah, sure. I think I think that factors in quite a bit. If you're going somewhere for a couple of months and you're trying to be a mercenary and win a ring, I, I don't think that that is going to really matter to you all that much. Do you want a smart lock, a 2K cam, and doorbell all in one? Now you can with Eufy, the Eufy Video Smart Lock E330. Easy to install. All you need is just a Phillips screwdriver. So easy that even I, yes, 
I figured out how to install it. It's a keyless entry, so no more fumbling for the keys, which, by the way, I didn't even have a key to my front door. Uh, yeah, I had to go through the garage, so I would be SOL if something were to happen, but not anymore with Eufy. It's keyless. You have no monthly fee, unlike other brands that charge monthly fees. Your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage, and the customer service is top-notch now. Let's be real. I didn't have to use it. I figured out how to use that Phillips screwdriver to install. Trust me, guys. I, I, I'm not lying to you. It is extremely easy. But if you have issues with your Eufy or installation, be rest assured Eufy's on standby for you 24-7 so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty. If you want to check it out, which I highly recommend you do, check out the Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com forward slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com try. Go to shopify.com try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com try. Yeah, it's, he's, he's 29 years old. I think it's unlikely that the Chiefs would want to sign a long-term contract with him. He, he probably yeah. doesn't want a long-term contract, I, I would think, at this point. He probably wants to come in, like you said, play for a couple months, get, get, make a few million bucks, and then yep. reevaluate in the offseason and, and maybe sign the last contract of his career if he can perform well. So you know, from that standpoint, I don't think Kansas City's out of the running. And it's not like these guys have a lot to do anyway during football season uh, outside of football stuff. So, you know, who cares where you're at? Right. So I guess then the question becomes, do you think Odell Beckham Jr. helps the Chiefs? Do you think this is a guy they need to bring in or should they just get Sky Moore more involved? (laughs) Okay. So that almost feels like bait at this point. (laughs) Um, I, I think put your hands together. Okay. I mean, I I think that would be my answer to that. Uh, Yes. To all the above. I, I would go after Odell Beckham for one reason. If teams want to sit here and play you in man coverage, he creates a lot of problems because he's going to beat most corners. Even at 30 years old, which he turns, by the way, in November 5th. Like, he he for the Rams last season was a massive difference maker. And it's funny because you look at his numbers. He was only on pace for like 600-some-odd yards, but he had five touchdowns in eight games. And in the playoffs, he was damn near unstoppable. Like, any time they wanted to go to him, they just went to him. 
And I, I think when you can play like that, I mean, like you said, we were at the Super Bowl. Until he blew his knee out, the Bengals could not stop him. I mean, every time they went, is wide open. So he changes things. Like, I, I think if you're the Chiefs, what, you're too talented a receiver that you don't need him? Right. You know, and then on top of that, with the Sky Moore stuff, Sky Moore right now, I believe, is the best route runner on the team. I mean, I, I receiver. I'm, I'm not including Kelsey. So, like, maybe maybe Juju, because God knows it's not MVS or Hardman, okay? Yeah. So, m- maybe it's maybe it's Juju, but H- Moore runs really nice routes, and he's faster than Juju, but significantly faster. And by the way, he catches the ball. Like, it's not like he's had issues, and Mahomes throws it to him. So, that tells you Mahomes trusts him. I am I am to a point with this where I'm, I'm at just about a breaking point. Like, put him on the field. I don't know what their deal is. They sat there all preseason, and he and, and Isaiah Pacheco were like sacred cows to them in the preseason. They're playing early in the game. They're getting yanked early. Got to keep them healthy. And now the games start, and they're nowhere to be found. They just can't get on the field. Yeah. Like, you're just, just so above playing these guys. You just can't be bothered to do it. Yeah. I, I don't understand. I know people say, well, they lead the league in points. I get it. They'd be even better if they played these two kids. Right. Like it's just it's it's very weird. It's very weird. I think it is absolutely beyond time to get Sky Moore on the field. Yeah, uh, I agree. I had a rant on Sunday night about Isaiah Pacheco um, as well. He's he's averaging the most yards per carry of any running back on the team. He looks explosive. He looks like he's a hard nosed runner. He's running guys over in the Bills game. Like at a certain point, I think it's timed. If you really if, if everything that's coming out of Kansas City is correct and they believe in this kid, just get him out there. Find ways to you know, find ways to mix him in more. Um, Cause right now you're getting, he's had a nice season, but you're, you're getting pretty much par for the course from Clyde Edwards, Alaire, right? It's, he's pretty much the same guy he's been since he's been in Kansas city, except he's been getting in the end zone a little bit more. His average is about the same. So, you know, is that, look, if you're happy with that and you're Andy Reed and you trust him, I, fine, I get it. But if you think that you can put another explosive playmaker on the field, and that's why they're interested in OBJ, right? Like they're, he's, he's another guy that, that like Travis Kelsey, teams are going. Teams have to account for, and that's no disrespect to, to Juju or MVS or anybody else. But you know, I don't think those guys strike fear into the hearts of defenses um, like a, like a Travis Kelsey or a Tyree Kill. And I think OBJ is one of those guys where where you're kind of like, hey, we got to pay attention to this guy, or he's going to hurt us. I mean, I I just don't understand the thought process at all that goes into their offensive game planning. I don't. I don't get it. I think a lot of their their issues are covered up by the fact that they have got a quarterback yeah. nine times out of ten. And I'm like, I'm really look. I have always kind of felt this way, but I always felt like it was such a stupid thing to say that I, I was like, well, maybe I'm just wrong. But now I think I'm not wrong, and it's just I, I'm up to the point. I don't care if it's stupid to say. I, I, I believe it. Andy Reid is a great coach Monday through Saturday, and on Sunday he's a really, really inconsistent coach. I'm not going to say he's a bad coach. That would be overstepping it. He's an inconsistent coach on Sundays. He is one of the great schemers, one of the great uh, play designers, one of the great matchup creators I've ever seen. And that's why he's a great coach. And that's why he'll go to Canton one day. And he should. He's phenomenal at that. The problem is on Sundays, he and the offensive staff, they are way too inflexible. And you get into these moments where it's very obvious what they should be doing, and they just won't do it because they don't want to do it. You know, if you're a Ring of Honor member right now, you've seen the film Friday that went up, or at least you have access to it. For everybody else, it goes up tomorrow. I did a a piece about Isaiah Pacheco, and I I did it through a play with Clyde Edwards-Alaire, which I won't spoil. You can go watch it. But, like, you're just putting these guys in position to fail. I, I mean, that's what's happening right now. You're putting these players in a position to fail. 
And I, I'm to the point, like, look, I don't care if you're six games in. You've been watching these friggin' guys since May. Right. You see them in OTA? Like, come on. Yeah. It takes you six months to figure out that Isaiah Pacheco's faster than Clyde Edwards Alaire. Here's a real easy way to do it. Line him up the 40 and let him run to the goal line. Yeah. I'll tell you who's faster. Set up some cones and have him do a three-cone drill. I'll tell you who's more explosive. Like, this, this isn't hard. But they're so beholden to this idea that, like, well – Clyde's our guy. He's been here for years. Like, I, and I'm not, by the way, I'm not saying to bench Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Right. But to ask him to run outside is like asking me to go outside <laughs> and, and, and run a 40 and beat an Olympian. It's not happening. Yeah. Like it, You're asking me to do something I cannot do. Asking Clyde Edwards-Alaire to run a bunch of stretch zone reads is insane. Yeah. He can't do it. He's not fast enough. And that is where, like, I'm th- and the same thing with Sky Moore. Guy runs really good routes. He's got good hands. He runs through contact. He breaks tackles. Mahomes clearly trusts him. He throws it to him all the time when he's out there, and they won't play him. And I'm not, like, look, again, I'm not even saying, like, nail McCall Hardman to the bench. I'm not saying that. But when you've got Tony Romo, who's got to, by the way, interview all these guys and see all these guys all the time. God knows in Kansas City. See him just about every week. Yeah. Okay? And he's willing to say, hey, McCall Hardman's got to run that route better. He's got to square that route off. He's not going to. Like that happens all the time if you watch their tape where that happens, right? Like you you have to be better. And he's not. Like it's to the point, like he's not. He's a fourth year player. He's not getting much better at these routes. Like play this kid more. You know, I'm not saying give him every rep Hardman has, but split right. him. Yeah. Split his route. It's just they, they won't do it. It's a head scratcher. Um, well, uh, you know, aside from OBJ, who maybe will be making a decision soon, uh, and it would be good, you know, if the Chiefs are gonna bring him in, their bye week's coming up. So you know, that's probably another reason why Veach wanted to have the flexibility. Maybe they're making a trade. Maybe they want to sign OBJ, but they they have the flexibility to do it. They don't have to wait. And right. their bye week's coming up, which is actually good timing uh, for the trade deadline. So if Veach wants to make a move or if they want to bring in a guy that they've got to get up to speed on the playbook, that's the perfect time to do it. You get that whole week to work with them, to work them in with stuff. So I, I would... I would be willing to bet the Chiefs are going to make some kind of move here. Vertoram, do you think they try to go for a trade? Um, I think they will make an addition one way or the other, whether it's signing Beckham or trading for somebody. I I do. Because history says that Brett Veach is always aggressive. You know, I mean, think about They were going to trade for Earl Thomas before he broke his leg. Right. And then they they, they tried to sign him. And thankfully, at the last minute, it didn't work out. Okay. But they tried to sign him to a long-term deal. They brought in Terrell Suggs late in their Super Bowl run. And he helped. They brought in, oh my God, I'm blanking on his name last year. Oh, Melvin Ingram. They brought in Melvin Ingram last year, right? And, the, and they, they traded a six-round pick for him. You know, and the other guys they brought in haven't worked. They brought in Le'Veon Bell. They, they brought in Josh Gordon. Yeah, but they always bring in somebody. Like, that's kind of what they do. Now, do I think they're going to go out and trade some crazy amount for the guy? No, I don't. Uh, but John says, don't trade for Robert Quinn unless it's a fifth-round picker later. John, I think that's probably what it would be. I, I, and, I, and by the way, I'd trade for him in a heartbeat if it was that. Because if I'm the Chiefs, once you acquire him, he has no dead money going forward. So they can just kind of go, you know, if they don't want to pay him after, it's fine. Just cut him. You know, restructure him or whatever. If you're the Chiefs, you've got to do something, to me, more upfront than anywhere else defensively. Like, I, you've got to be able to get a better rush than this. I don't know what that means playing Dunlap more, hoping Carl Loftus improves. Like, I don't know what that is, but it's not it's not this because they can't get home. So, yeah, I, I think at some point here, you know, like I, everybody wants Brian Burns and guys, I'm with you, but, like, th- that's going to cost a fortune. Carolina's not going to trade him unless they feel like they're fleecing you. And at that point, I mean, what are you giving up? You're giving up a first and change? Like, I think Brian Burns is terrific. I'm not giving up a first-round pick for him. So, uh, you know, McCaffrey, I've seen people – I think the Chiefs would be insane to trade for Christian McCaffrey. 
Yeah. The, the Chiefs, they don't run the ball. Like, boy, Christian <laughs> right. McCaffrey coming here get eight carries. Like, I, That's what I was thinking. Can you imagine that? Yeah. They give up a fortune for him. And then it's like, oh, why does Christian McCaffrey now average 50 yards a game? Well, because you hand off seven times to him. Right, right. You want, uh, I just, you want, uh, you want the Chiefs to trade for, for CMC so he can get eight carries a game. You should uh, stand there and watch Edwards and Lair run run a sweep. Right, yeah, right. I mean, it's just yeah, no, nothing. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. And look, I think people need to what people need to understand about Carolina is I know they fired their coach and people think they're having a fire sale, but Carolina's actually got a a decent amount of good young players. And there's there's not if you're going to rebuild and you've got some guys on rookie contracts, you don't need to trade those guys. Um, right. you, you want to try to attract a high end coach. You want to trade all the, a guy like Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. You understand why they'd be interested in trading him a little bit injury prone, older, he's a running back, but like some of those other young pieces, like pass rushers, like, no, they don't, they don't want to trade those guys. I think you're right. Vertoram, the chiefs or any other team would have to make a ridiculous offer to get one of those guys for them to even consider it. And they still might not do it. And Christian McCaffrey, like the Chiefs got a lot of problems. They don't look, would I like to have Christian McCaffrey? Yeah, sure, of course. The guy, the guy's unbelievable when he's when he's yeah, healthy. But I mean, like talent-wise, he's he's great. I just don't I think for what you'd have to give up, and then you attach that to they won't run the football. So you're basically trading for a receiver because I don't see them all of a sudden giving McCaffrey 20 carries a game. Yeah. The other the other thing that scares the hell out of me with McCaffrey is his injuries. That just scares the hell out of me. Like, like, he's a great player when he's healthy, but, man, it's like any given week. You just don't know. Like, is he going to be able to – now, this year he's played every game. He's been in the injury report a lot. He's played every game. But, yeah, I think they'll be aggressive. I, I, and, by the way, would I be totally shocked if they went out and traded for Christian McCaffrey? No. Because Brett Veach, I've said this many times, he's a big game hunter. He believes in go-get stars. And I also think in a weird way that Buffalo game kind of emboldened them because they played them down to the wire. Like, I spoke to some people around them after that game – and they were pretty optimistic after. Like, okay, you know what? Like, we're, we're right there, and we got a real young team that's coming together, and we got months to go here, like, before we, you know, potentially have a rematch. I just felt pretty good, quite honestly. So they may be looking at it like, look, if we can upgrade more than Buffalo here over the next couple of weeks, that might tip the scale. Now, you know, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, but I, I, do, I do not expect the Chiefs to stand pat. They never do. So I, I don't expect them to do that now. Plus, they have 12 picks. Like they're not going to use all those picks. Right. So, you know, they're going to trade them at some point. They might trade them now. Yeah. I think it's exciting. What's exciting is that our chief fans should take heart is that I think the bills are pretty much as good as they're going to get. Right. Like they're when everybody's healthy, the guys they got, they're, they're really great. The chiefs are going to get better. I think we all agree that they're going to get healthier and they're going to get better as their young guys get some more experience. So having a four point loss at home to Buffalo and a game where your quarterback made, you know, kind of had a little bit of a bad game, a few bad decisions. You got to feel pretty good about your chances come January. If you meet that team again, I got to ask you this before we start talking chiefs 49ers. What about the bills and Christian McCaffrey? Well, I think, I think the bills, if they want to trade Carolina, they have an inside line because their whole front office and their coaching staff is from Carolina. What, I mean, what that, happens if – I mean, what do you – how does that change things if they were to get Christian McCaffrey? I, they're not running the ball either. Yeah. So, I think you're basically acquiring a, uh, a receiver. Look, you obviously, it would make them even more dynamic. It would make them even harder to stop. And now you're playing – an op- now you have an option game with Allen and with McCaffrey that <laughs> – good luck. Um, I've thought about that. Like, did the Chiefs just acquire Christian McCaffrey so Buffalo doesn't? Like, I, I mean – but I don't think you can do that. Like, unless you really feel like he's a perfect fit for the team. Yeah. Um. Yeah, look, I. The only thing if you're the Bills though is like, next year is when Allen becomes really expensive. 
So now you're talking about trying to fit in um, another another contract, you know, and, and McCaffrey going forward after this year, he's got three years left for approximately $36 million. So he's, it's not nothing. If you look at the Bills cap situation per over the cap next year, uh, they're over the cap by 19000 bucks, which is not obviously a ton, uh, but they only have 37 players on the contract. So also, as a note of hilarity, the Saints are $54 million over the cap <laughs> and don't have a quarterback. Um, yeah, it's a shame. The Bucks are $40 million over. Chargers are over. Um, the Chiefs are $27 million under, for those who are uh, curious. So, no, I think, look, it's one of these things where, like, if you're the Bills, you know, could you go out and get them? Sure. I mean, they could. They have all their picks. Like, they, they could do it. The problem becomes, all right, so next year, though, like, then what happens? I mean, Allen's number right now is 16.3. Next year, it's 39.8. So you're, you're all of a sudden, your numbers are going up, 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 up. Now, they could, they could move off a few guys if they want to and save some money, but not, not, not a ton. I mean, not nobody that, when I'm looking at their cap sheet, that I would immediately say, oh, they're definitely going to cut this guy and save a bunch of money. In fact, I don't even see one guy on the, on the team that I think they're going to cut. Now they could always extend stuff like that. They also have guys who are, who are important players who you would think they'd want to bring back. I mean, Poyer is a free agent after this year, uh, as an example. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you'll wonder Edmonds is a free agent after this year. So if they go out and get McCaffrey, they're going to have to do some cap gymnastics moving forward yeah. um, where the Chiefs wouldn't have to because the Chiefs had the space. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, one of the guys in the chat, or, oh, our guy Raymond Chandler says, do the Bills care about next year uh, on this year? Yeah, I think, you know, we're seeing that. We saw that with the with the Rams. Some of these teams are taking a YOLO approach um, or the, the fuck them picks approach. Um, yeah, but now look at the Rams. You know, and look, like as – I mean, as Brian Windhorst uh, over at ESPN was fond of saying after the the Cavs won the championship, winning a championship means never having to say you're sorry. So if the Bills, who probably feel like if they get by Kansas City, they've got a ring already uh, and are trying to repeat this year, you know, they may just say, fuck it. Like, we're going we're, to yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna try to they, get the last, uh, what is it, the Infinity Stones, right, from from Avengers. They, they could. They, I mean, listen, they absolutely could. I, I guess my point is, I think if you're them, though, what, like, whatever you have to give up, like the Panthers don't give a shit what you do after this year, they're going to want full value for them. So if you're the Bills, you're giving up a first-round pick for Christian McCaffrey, yeah. I believe. Because just like the Chiefs, they know you're going to be picking late in the round. So you're giving up a first and, and then some. Are you giving up a first for half a season of Christian McCaffrey? Yeah. I mean, that. I, I don't care what you're all in for. That's a lot. It is. Yeah, that's a, and on top of that, now you can't re-sign Poyer. You can't re-sign Edmonds. Right? I mean, you you're letting all these guys walk out the door, you know, or you're putting yourselves down the road in a cap hell. Like, look, I think it's funny you lose perspective on this stuff because the year starts and, and the season takes over. And, and fair enough, right? That's the way it is. But coming into this year, we all felt, or at least most of us felt, this is kind of a retooling year for the Chiefs. Doesn't mean they're not going to compete. But if there's ever, ever, ever a year where the Bills are going to have their year and they're going to jump ahead of Kansas City, it's this year. Because after this, the Bills start losing guys and Allen gets expensive. If the Chiefs are ever going to lose this division, this year would be it. I mean, Denver loaded up. The Raiders loaded up. The Chargers loaded up. Now you look at these divisions and go, oh, my God. I mean, the, the Broncos might be screwed for five years. Yeah. The Chargers don't have a coach. And the Raiders are one in four. Um, you know, so – 
I actually, you know, and the Chiefs next year have a, a ton of cash. I said $27 million earlier. That doesn't even include when they cut Frank Clark to all 46. Right. So, I mean, the Chiefs are going to have $50 million in cash space and 12 picks. And I, and I can tell you this unequivocally from talking to people around them, I would expect them to be very aggressive next offseason. That was part of the reason they traded Tyreek Hill. I do not think they're going to sit around and roll that money over. Let's put it that way. So, you know, look, I I think if you're the Chiefs, like you're not as all in maybe as the Bills are this year. But also, like, let's say they beat San Francisco and you go into the bye five and two. You're going to tell me that Brett Veach is sitting there thinking to himself, like, no, I'm good. There's no way. You're Patrick Mahomes. You're all in every year. You're all in every single year that he's on the team, especially when you're looking at the league going, who else is good? Yeah, it's Buffalo and it's Philly, and then who? Yeah. So yeah, if you're the Chiefs, I think you are aggressive. Um, all right, as we move on here, uh, and shout out to all our members. Uh, if you're interested in becoming an Arrowhead Attic Podcast member, becoming a member of our community, hanging out with us in the members only Discord, all that fun stuff, fantasy football leagues, all the things that we do, uh, give it a look. There's a link in the description. Um, this has been a point of discussion this week, so I'm just going to go ahead and and lay it on you, Verderam. I think you've probably already addressed it in a video or two. But, uh, uh, yes, Josh Allen surpassed Patrick Mahomes. He better than Patrick Mahomes right now? I mean, what? I think it's your definition of, of – I tweeted about their careers and compared their careers, and, and, and people went insane. I, I mean, their careers is no contest. Mahomes is a much better part of the course of his career. Now, um, if you're talking about this year, just these six – well, what is it? Yeah, six games, I think Allen's MVP of the league right now. I think Allen's had a better year than Mahomes. I don't think it's drastic. I mean, they've, they've actually ironically thrown for the same amount of touchdowns, the same amount of picks. So I actually think in that regard, it's pretty close. Allen's thrown for, I think, like 250 more yards. I believe that's what it is. Um, completion percentages are essentially the same. QBRs are essentially the same. So I don't think it's a huge goal. But if you ask me right now, hey, who, who would your MVP vote be? It would be Josh Allen. Uh, they're game better. They beat the Chiefs. Um, and I don't want to hear Chiefs fans say, well, you know, Allen's got better weapons. Well, Mahomes has had better weapons at times in his career, too. So you, you can't you can't go down that road. Um, that being said, you know a lot of Bills fans made the point. Well, don't talk about his whole career, which I think is kind of nonsense. Like it's just whole career, it's kind of the point. Right. Or you want to compare the last two years? Well, the last two years they've been about as even as you could be in total yardage, if you include Allen's rushing yardage. Few more touchdowns. Mahomes has fewer turnovers. Uh, but Mahomes has had more passing yardage, more touchdown passes, and fewer interceptions every single year of his career to Josh Allen. And he sent him home each of the last two years. Now, the, uh, now listen, Allen was magnificent last year. It was not his fault. He couldn't have played any better. It just so happens that he ran to Mahomes that night who played every bit as well. Yep. My test of this is always, if you said to me, life on the line, you got one game, who do you want? I would want Mahomes. And I think most people would say Mahomes. And that's not a criticism of Allen. Allen's incredible. I actually think the conversation is more interesting of who's the third best quarterback in football. Because the top two guys are so damn good that you could just put them up there and say, look, they're, they're in their own stratosphere. Right. It's the, who's the third guy? That, to me, is the more interesting. Because the other two guys are so good, you could sit there and argue them back and forth. I, I think you're missing the point, right? Like, it's – it's like these people that argue like LeBron and MJ and argue and argue and argue. And argue. Like I would take Michael Jordan, but there's, a, I mean, you'd be a moron to say, oh, there's just no case from LeBron. Like, right. well, of course there is, right? Um, those two are in, in the God tier. And then you get into like, okay, is it Herbert? Is it Burrow? Is it Brady? You know, who, Roger still, if you want to, you know, whatever, right? Whatever your argument is. Uh, you know, Hertz, who's ascending rapidly here. You know, so there, there's a lot of like, 
that argument. But when I take Mahomes, I would, mostly because I feel like Mahomes is more consistent. But through these six games, I would slightly take Allen. Yeah, I think that's fair. I've seen a lot of Chiefs fans getting really upset that someone dare mention Allen is better than Mahomes. I think the whole argument is, is sort of silly at this point. They're two totally different quarterbacks. They're both excellent. You know, you wait a long time to get a quarterback like Mahomes and you get to live for a couple of years there where he's unquestionably the best quarterback in the NFL. And that's nice. That's a nice feeling as a fan. Uh, and then somebody else comes along and, you know, I don't think Allen is better. But I think what you got to do as a fan is just say, hey, man, like, just sit back and enjoy this era. Right, it doesn't matter. Don't worry about Josh Allen or how good he is. You got Patrick Mahomes. He's just wows us every week with something that he does. He's a magnificent player. Uh, And then then you get to see these two guys go to battle. And, And how much fun can that be? Right. And and uh, Matt, who's got a great name in the chat here, says they can both be a lead. People lose their mind. Matt, I agree with you. Yeah. Like, you know, I've always kind of found that weird. Like, people are just always like, Brady's got to retire. Get Brady out of the league. I'm so dumb. And like, I get it. Look, if, if you're frustrated because your team can't get past him, like, I get it. You're watching the greatest player of all time in the sport. Like, enjoy it. Because one day he's going to be gone. Like, one, like, if you're a football fan, look, I get it. If you're a Chiefs fan, like, you're losing a Super Bowl tour. If you're a Bills fan, you hate him. He's in the division. Like, I, I, I get that. I mean, that's part of sports. I get it. But like with Mahomes and Allen right now, I'm telling you guys right now, both fan bases, there is going to be a day where both these teams suck again. And you're going to look back and go, man, remember those games? Remember that night in January Yeah. with 13 seconds? Remember the 20 times they played each other and how amazing that was? And I remember the five or six rings they won between them and how, and how you knew every year, you know, what that meant. I mean, think about how Pats and Colts fans probably feel right now, right? Like, those games, there are certain teams that get so good that the games actually kind of live on in NFL history. The Chiefs and the Bills are at that point yep. where those games, they're a life of their own. I mean, CBS made like a mini, like a movie trailer for a week six football game because they're so good. Like, well, you got to see it. I will tell you, the NFL right now, they would pay any price to have those two teams in the AFC Championship game this year. It's like getting the Super Bowl twice. Right. I mean, everybody in the country will tune into that game. It's so much fun to watch. And, like, look, yeah, as a Chiefs fan, you probably go, oh, God, if the Bills weren't there, they'd go to the Super Bowl every year. You know what? Yeah, maybe. But, you know, they, they also beat the Bills last year. <laughs> so they go to the Super Bowl. So things happen. Yeah. I think sometimes you got to just enjoy it. You really do. And then there's space. And you know what, too, as a Chiefs fan, I think most Chiefs fans agree with this. At least it's like it's Buffalo. It's a great fan base. They appreciate the hell out of the team. You know, they, they've also struggled for years like the Chiefs did before Mahomes, finding that quarterback, going through heartbreak, right, with the four Super Bowls. At least it wasn't like the Patriots got him after Brady, right. you know, or like, or like, oh, the Steelers got him. The Steelers have been good for 100 years running. Like, the same way I feel, honestly, about Burrow with the Bengals. Like, good for them, man. They've sucked forever. Yeah, they're wearing bags on their just, heads, for God's sake. At least it's just new blood. Kansas City, Cincinnati, Buffalo got kicked around for years by Denver and by the Pats and by the Steelers. Like, at least it's teams that you know you really know, like, truly are going to embrace these things and enjoy. And not, you know, you didn't go to Miami so you can play in front of 10 fans or the Chargers. I mean, Herbert, my God, that guy. So he should take up a collection. <laughs> right. I mean, like, so at least you have that. I think, I think that's the way I look at it. I really do. Absolutely. Um, you know, with the game coming up, uh, we're going to preview it in just a second. The Chiefs are yep. uh, right now minus two and a half with a 48 and a half over under for the Chiefs 49ers game. If you want to place a bet on this game, guys, and this is the last, like you have hours 
It is 4.34 uh, Central Time on Thursday, October 20th. This deal ends tonight at midnight. I've just been informed. It's a special promo from our friends at FanDuel, and it's for Arrowhead Addict viewers. The offer is you bet $5 if you're in a legal betting state. Bet $5, get $150 in free bets. Plus, it just kicked off a couple nights ago, three months of NBA League Pass when you use the code Arrowhead. Again, that's five plays of uh, uh, bet five bucks, get $150 in free bets, plus a three month subscription to NBA League Pass when you use the code Arrowhead. You'll receive an email with instructions to claim that that free uh, that f- free NBA League Pass in 24 hours. So, you know, this will really help us out uh, if you guys do this. Um, I can't really uh, stress that enough. The podcast, um, a, a bunch of you did it when we mentioned it last week. Um, some of you still haven't made your bet. So you got to do that. You got until the end of the night um, to make your bet, to lock all that in. But if you like this podcast, you like the work that we do here and you want to support us and you're interested in maybe making a friendly wager and getting some free League Pass, Take advantage of this. Go to FanDuel right now. Use the code Arrowhead and make a uh, deposit 10 bucks and make it place a $5 bet. Once you place that $5 bet, it's locked in. So maybe you can bet on the game tonight. Um, Throw down that five bucks because you're $350. All right. um, uh, I got to read this. It's long. I'm sorry. But, you know, lawyers, um, this is important. So uh, new customers only, 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. Uh, 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or visit KS Gambling Help in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming, or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. All right, everybody, thanks for bearing with us on that. Um, let's preview Chiefs 49ers. So Chiefs are 4-2. They're tied atop the AFC West with the Chargers, but they hold that tiebreaker. So if the season ended right now, the Chiefs would win the AFC West yet again. Uh, Chiefs had a little bit of a rough schedule, um, but they're hanging in. So um, let's get into this game. As I mentioned, uh, the Chiefs are minus two and a half on the road in San Francisco, 48 and a half over under. I'll give you a quick primer. 49ers are three and three. They, they have had the easiest schedule, maybe of anybody in the NFL. Listen to this. They've, uh, they've got wins versus the Seahawks, the Rams, and the Panthers. Losses against the Bears, the Broncos, and the Falcons. So the best team on that list is the Seahawks, surprisingly, this year. The Rams have been absolute garbage. The Panthers are a complete disaster. The Bears, Broncos, and the Falcons all stink. And they're and they're a 500 ball club. They beat Seattle 27-7. They beat the Rams 24-9. They beat the Panthers 37-15. They lost the Bears in a monsoon, 19-10. They lost the Broncos in maybe the worst football game in NFL history, 11-10. <laughs> and they lost to the Falcons. 28 to 14 uh, combined record of the 49ers opponents this season, 14 and 22 combined record of the chiefs opponents this season, 18 and 16. All right, Verderam, uh, what is this line of minus two and a half? Tell us about this game. I would have thought it was maybe would have been maybe a little bit higher, but the chiefs are on the road. How do you feel about this? This game scares the hell out of me. This game, not because the chiefs aren't better. The chiefs are better. But 
styles make fights in the NFL and the Niners are going to line up. By the way, the Niners like magically today are all healthy. Now everybody in their mother's practicing today, except maybe like Armstead's not going to play. And Kinlaw's on IR and Mosley, the corner, he tore his ACL a couple weeks ago. So they're going to be down three starters defensively. I mean, they're not, they're not like all the way back, but Bose is practicing. Uh, Jimmy Ward is practicing. He's going to have a club on his hand. If he plays his broken hand, but he could, he could play. Funga is practicing after being diagnosed with a concussion on Monday, or at least showing symptoms of a concussion on Monday. Uh, Shavarius Ward, it was unclear if he was going to practice. He was warming up on the side, so it's unclear if he, if he got any uh, opportunity to get in there, so on and so forth. The 49ers, this is the easiest game in the world to preview what they're going to try to do in this game. They're going to line up. They're going to have Kittle as an in blocker. They're going to put check in there as a fullback. And they're basically going to say, we're putting seven guys in and we're going to just pound the ball at Jeff Wilson. Yeah. Stop us. Yeah. And if the Chiefs can't stop him, the Chiefs are going to have about 22 minutes of time of possession. And they're going to have to score a lot of points in those 22 minutes because it's coming. Now, the flip side of that is if the Chiefs can stop the run, then they can get off the field. Then I think the Niners have a really rough day. Because I do not think they can cover the Chiefs. They're missing Mosley. He's out for the year. Traverius Ward, it's unclear if he's going to play. If he does, he's clearly not 100% with the groin. They look like they might have a fungo, which is big. He's a second-year safety. He's excellent. Um, Jimmy Ward is maybe going to be out there, but Jimmy Ward is going to be very compromised with basically one hand. Um, They have awesome linebackers. They do not have a great defensive line with everybody out except for Bosa. Bosa's awesome, but Bosa's about it. So you start looking at this thing and going, okay, I think if the Chiefs can get up in the game and force Jimmy Garoppolo to have to throw the ball, they're probably in pretty good shape. Because for all the talk about how, how the weapons in the Niners are great, Debo Samuel's played in every game this year. He's on pace for 977 receiving yards. Brandon Ayuk has played every game this year. He's on pace for about 900 receiving yards. George Kittle's played four games this year. He's averaging 45 yards a game. And they have nobody else even worth mentioning. Juwan Jennings just played six games with 156 yards. Like, they just – nobody. They they don't have a back that they throw the ball to. Um, I mean, look, this is this is just not a team that passing-wise is going to scare the hell out of you. Jimmy Garoppolo does not throw the ball down the field. Okay, he just does not do it. They have had all year long two plays over 40 yards in the passing game one of which was a slant to Debo Samuel on Monday Night Football against the Rams where he broke about nine tackles and ran 57 yards for a touchdown. So this is this is one game, if I am the Chiefs, I am 100% playing single high safety in this game and just saying, look, I'm, I'm stacking the box. I am, I am taking away the run game as much as humanly possible. I will live with the occasional 20-yard gain by Debo or George Kittle and I am going to say, basically, I'm getting you into longer down and distances. If you listen to Steve Spagnuolo's presser today, he said his number one thing for this defense to get a better pass rush, to get into longer third downs. He also said that last week they were not concerned at all if the Bills ran the football. He just came right out and was like, we knew they were going to run the ball against us. We were playing that way. So my question for the Chiefs is, what does this look more like? The Josh Jacobs game or a Jonathan Taylor game? Now, obviously, the lines are you – know, the Niners' line is better than either one of those two teams, but the, the running backs are also better on those two teams than the Niners. And with the Raiders, you feared them throwing the ball. You don't You don't fear, I don't believe, the Niners throwing the ball over the lot. So, um, kind of my thoughts on the game. 
Yeah, you know, so in this one, um, and by the way, in the injury report for the Chiefs came out for Thursday, Mike Dana, who has a calf injury, who did not practice on Wednesday, was limited, so he may be trending towards playing. Um, sometimes these guys get a little bit of a rest day on Wednesdays. Yep. Rashad Fenton, with this hamstring injury, did not practice again. He is probably trending towards not playing, He's not. Um, <clears throat> it would appear. Joe uh, Tooney uh, did not practice on Wednesday, was limited today, so that's good with the ankle injury. Um Brian Cook, who was coming off the concussion, was limited on Wednesday. Full participant today. Uh, and then everybody else on the injury report, Legereus Need, Harrison Buck, Kermacole Hartman, and Trey Smith, all full participants all week. So that's good news for them. Trent McDuffie, obviously, probably trending to play, not on the injury report because he's not been activated, correct, Vertoram? Uh, officially correct. yet. I don't so. have to list him if he's not activated. Yeah. Um, so, but it sounds like he'll play um, probably. It sounds like he was close to playing last week. He was. Chiefs wanted to give him another week. So, that's good with the injury to Fenton. It'll be good to get McDuffie back out there, even though he's essentially going to be playing in his first game ever. <laughs> uh, well, they're going to need him. I mean, yeah. you know, at some point here, look, the one thing about this game that's important, like it's a non-conference game, but the Chargers, even though I think the Chargers stink comparatively to what everybody thought they were going to be, I don't think they stink overall. I think they stink compared to what everybody was like, oh, my God, this team's going to be great. Well, as it turns out, Brandon Staley can't coach. So I, I don't think they're, they're going to be a huge threat in the AFC West. I actually, by the way, think I picked them to flat out lose to Seattle this weekend. Keenan Allen basically talks about the fact that he doesn't think he's going to play this week because they have a bye the same week the Chiefs do. Yeah. Um, I think Seattle's just going to outscore them. I really do. I think Seattle, one thing about the, the Seahawks, much like the Niners, if they can run the ball on you, it's coming. Yeah. They are just going to line up and do it, and the Chargers can't stop anybody from running the football. Yeah. You think the Chiefs' defense is bad against the run? Go watch some Chargers tape. <laughs> Um, I mean, the Chargers basically hold hands and just skip down the field with them. I mean, they just run them into the end zone. It's, it's some of the worst run defense you'll ever see. I I think in this game, look, the Chiefs, if you win this game, you're 5-2, and two, you're going into the bye, assuming they don't have a catastrophic injury or anything, okay? Their, their schedule after the bye is much easier. Like, they really – like I, I hate doing this thing where, like, you count wins because you just don't – I mean, they should have beat the Colts 100 times out of 100 and they lost to them, so you can't do that. But I would argue the Chiefs are significant favorites in eight of their last ten games. And the only two I'm not putting on that list are at the Chargers and at the Bengals, and they might be favorites in those games. So, you know, it's not unreasonable to sit there and go, yeah, the, the, the Chiefs are probably – eight and two after the bye. I mean, even if you factor in a, they lose a game, they shouldn't, they split those other games. Like I think the chiefs are probably, even if they lose the Niners, like a 12 win team, and it's enough to win the division, but this game's important because if you win this game, you, you keep at least pressure on Buffalo as far as being a one seed. I don't think they're going to catch Buffalo. And I'm not, you know, listen, you never root for an injury. I'm just saying, you know, it's football. It happens. Like guys get hurt. You never know if, if, you know, first of all, you never know what if Mahomes were to go down with an ankle injury for a couple of weeks and you need to have a cushion. What if Allen goes down with an ankle injury for a couple of weeks and all of a sudden, you know, maybe the Bills, instead of going 3-0, and go 1-2 and in that stretch, right? Like, you want to keep tabs. And teams lose games you're not expecting them to lose. I mean, the, the Bills lost to Jacksonville last year. The Chiefs lost to the Colts this year. It happens. This is an important game. I, I also think you don't want to be going on a two-game losing streak going into your bye week. Like, you, you want to just go out there. I expect it to be a tough game. I don't think that they're they're going to have an easy time of it in San Francisco. I also think the Chiefs are the better team. And if the Chiefs go out there and they play a good game and they execute, they'll win this game. The question with the Chiefs, as always, is will they execute? Will, will we get a 
a jet sweep with Trey Smith on third and 11? <laughs> God only knows. Yeah. All, all in play. And so that that's the fear you have. So you've already talked about how you think the, the 49ers will attack the Chiefs' defense. And I think you're probably right. I think they're going to look really hard at that Raiders game and what they did with Josh Jacobs and the way that, you know, they took their, their opportunistic deep shots, you know, managed the clock, ran down the Chiefs' throat. The, the good news is the Chiefs have some reinforcements coming. They're going to get Trent McDuffie back. And they're going to get, allegedly, going to get Willie Gay Jr. back. His suspension has been lifted. He's back. Now, the Chiefs have been asked about whether or not he's going to play, and they've said, oh, he's... We'll see, but yeah, his ass is going to be out there. With all due respect to Darius Harris, who has been fantastic and should continue. He's playing too because they're going to be in base. Yeah, yeah, all game. So settle in. He and Chanel are going to be playing plenty. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the linebackers have done a nice job, but when Willie Gage and and, you know, I've I've seen. Did you see? Did you happen to see the Nick Bolton slander on Twitter this week? Uh, Could you miss it? Yeah. What's your (laughs) What's your take on that? Um, What I was thinking when I was seeing it was, man, you know. Is nobody taking into account the fact that he doesn't have his his mate there next to him, Willie Gay Jr., that he's trying to do – he's taking on more responsibility than than before. And those two are great compliments to one another. I think there's truth in it. I also think there is misnuance in it. So basically that should be the slogan of Twitter. Yeah, right. Um, look, I think there have been too many plays in the last few weeks, especially where Bolton is eight yards downfield and tackles a guy. And people get into this whole, like, wait, I had 12 tackles. I mean, that, that's great. But like – I mean, if you're eight yards down the field, then I'm running, who cares? I think, though, if you watch the film of it, like Bolton has been hesitant a little bit more than I'd like him to be to hit the hole and get downhill. I also think at the same point, part of this is, I mean, yeah, all right, a little bit of it's really gay. Guys, if turn on this film if you have the access to it. Can anybody defeat a block on the defensive line right. ever? I mean, it, you, do you ever have that game as a kid? I used this, by the way, in, in the uh, earlier show of Ben Heisel, so forgive me if you're listening to this. You already know where I'm going. Do you ever play the game where you plug in the med- magnetic football field and it, it, like, rattles? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Okay. That's the Chiefs defensive line trying to escape a block. <laughs> it's just static just all the way across the field. It's just it's like no <laughs> ability whatsoever to shed and make a play unless you're Chris Jones. Yeah. Saunders, by the way, actually has been by a mile like the second best guy in this regard. But hey, like got to play Derek Nottie, who, listen, Derek Nottie's had a, had a pretty good first contract with the Chiefs. He's not been good this year. He's not been good. I don't know if it's because he's not picking up Joe Collins, you know, uh, disciplines as much or whatever the case is. Chris Jones is the only guy who's getting in there and making plays consistent. Now, Carl Loftus has done a good job on the edge, like, like holding the edge. But in terms of guys just defeating blocks and making plays at the line, and when you're not doing that, your linebackers are going to struggle. I mean, these guys are going to get up to the second level. They're going to climb, and you're screwed. Yeah. Like, that's just – now, I will say in this game specifically, to the point about Bolton, we've talked a lot about the Chiefs in the last couple – I've talked about every week, but in the last couple days especially about, like, well, offensively, do they have an identity? Do they know what they are? What do they do? I think the Chiefs have an identity. I actually think they found it against Buffalo. Their identity is to blitz the living hell out of you because they're really good at it. Like, that is one thing with the Chiefs. They might be the best blitzing team in the NFL. And I don't mean in terms of, like, the amount of blitzes because the Giants are going to blitz more than anybody with Martindale. I mean in the effectiveness. You know, there were times it felt like last year where the Chiefs tried to blitz and it didn't matter, like they just couldn't get home. Yeah. Spagnuolo's been in his bag, as the kids say this year, with their with their 
scheming of blitzes. They get home constantly. It feels like they almost always get home. Like when they blitz now, they're just, they're in. They're in immediately. I think part of that is Sneed basically being exclusively in the slot. Bolton's a very good blitzer. Gay is a very good blitzer. Justin Reed is a very good blitzer. They they bring major heat. And I thought in that game against Buffalo, I got to tell you, that was the one thing that came out of that game that is a Chiefs you know, fan, a support, you know, whatever, and even just as a uh, even just as an analyst or some bias looking at the game. Allen had a really hard time against that blitz. And most of his success, his noted success, was one-on-one throws, 50-50 balls down the field against Joshua Williams. If Trent McDuffie's in the game, that becomes a lot less of, of an opportunity, right? I mean, I, right. at least I think not to say you could never hit one. He's, he's a great player. But I think if, if the Chiefs see the Bills again, I would almost bet the ha- they will blitz like you can't even – like they will blitz like more than half the plays. They will just blitz and blitz and blitz and blitz. They're good at it. And they're, they're, they're at their best when they're in man coverage. That is one thing I want to see the Chiefs do in this game against the Niners. Run blitz, play your corners in man, play a single high safety, and say, look, if Debo Samuel beats us once for 40 yards, fine. If George Kittle has two catches for 40 <laughs> yards, fine. Blitz. Because you run blitz, you take away the, the ability. And one thing with Garoppolo, he will throw the ball to the other team. Like, if you get him under pressure, he will just wail the ball out of there. He's not do well with the pressure. He's not mobile. He's run for 18 yards this season. I have great respect for the 49ers. And I think the Niners can win this game. Niners all damn day jumps in and says, take that back. Hey, listen, (laughs) the Niners can win this game. I think if you're the Chiefs, the path to winning it is to just aggressively blitz and say, look, you're not running the ball. If you're going to beat us, it's going to be with Jimmy Garoppolo making throws under pressure into tight windows. And if he can do that, hey, you tip your cap, you move on. Yeah. But I think that's the Chiefs' identity moving forward. Is it's just the Chiefs used to by the way all the time in the nineties with Gunther Cunningham and I mean they would just they would just bring it. Yeah. And they put Hasty and Dale Carter on the corners and said, Go ahead. And they they were great at it. I think that's what this defense ought to be this year. Well, as far as the offense goes at attacking this 49ers defense, um, look, these guys are pretty good. Um uh, yeah. they've obviously Bosa seems like he's on track to play. Feels a lot like the Raiders game to me again, like where the Chiefs struggle with a great pass rusher. How do they combat that this time against the 49ers? Well, for starters, it'd be nice if, if the tackles understand where they have leverage. That'd be good because two times in a row now, no, look, it's Von Miller and Max Crosby. Like, I'm being tongue in cheek a little bit with this. Like Andrew Wiley, if you're going to put him in those spots, like he's going to get got occasionally. Most players are. I actually think he's been better than people think. I, I think Brown's been a bigger issue than Wiley has this year. I think if you're the Chiefs, you have to understand one thing in this game. Like, Bosa is the guy that you have to deal with defensively. Like, Bosa's missed a game and a half, and he still has six sacks this year. Okay? Now, Ekubom is a, is a DN for them. He has three and a half sacks. Omenahu also has three sacks. Ekubom is coming off of an Achilles injury. Not a torn Achilles, but his, his Achilles has flared up. It's been painful for him. He's practicing this week, but it's unclear if he's going to play. My guess is he would. You respect Ekubam and Amenahu. You also understand, and by the way, Drake Jackson, who's a rookie, who also has three sacks. So it's not the earlier I said, look, it's both said nobody else. That was unfair. I should have actually, I shouldn't have said that because it's that's not fair to them. The, the Niners have 23 sacks this year. It's a very good front. Um what I what I should say is Bosa has to be your top priority. And I think if he's your top priority. And you handle him to any extent here, like you're probably in pretty good shape. 
It's not that those other guys can't beat you. They certainly can. But I also would point out to look, as you mentioned the schedule, the Niners have played teams this year that just can't block. I mean, the Rams are a disaster. And no quarterbacks. I mean. Yeah, I mean, it's look, that's not to take anything away from what San Francisco has done. But if you go back and look, so just in that Rams game alone, the Niners had – I just want to make sure I'm right with this. The Niners had seven of their sacks against the Rams in that game. Um, Seattle can't block at all, even though even though Geno Smith's played really well. Um, yeah, they had a couple sacks there. Yeah, this is this is a team in the Niners. I have a ton of respect for them, but yes, I mean this is a massive step up in class. Like they, they sacked Mayfield six times. So like of the of those 23 sacks, 13 of them came against the Panthers and the Rams. Right. In the other four games, you have 10 sacks, which is not bad. But it's not like, oh, my God, how are you going to block them? Um, you start with both and you work your way out. Yeah. I mean, look, this is the best team by a mile that the 49ers have faced all year. Yeah. Their defense is still really good. They're number one in the NFL in yards allowed. But they have also played. I mean, these guys, these obviously Justin Fields. But really bad off. Awful. Awful. Yeah. Right. Matt Stafford, great quarterback. Terrible this year. The Falcons, I don't even know who the hell is throwing the ball for them. Oh, it's Mariota. Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the best quarterback that they have faced all year, this year, based on this year, is Geno Smith. So a lot of people will tell you that yards per play is the best metric of offenses, which I, I think is true and not true because there's a lot of garbage time stuff that can get filtered in there. And it, it, look, there's no stat that's perfect. But if you go off of that line of thinking, okay, if you just say, okay, that, that's how you're going to rate these offenses. So the nine, by the way, the Chiefs are sixth in that metric. The, the Niners are, are 10th. So both, both solid. Seattle is third. Seattle's third. So that's by a mile the best offense that, that the Niners have faced. Now, again, that's you understand it's a little bit of a different offense in Kansas City, but the point still stands. Okay. Now, after that, you start going down the list. Atlanta's 14th average. The Bears somehow are 18th, which I can't even believe that. That's true. Uh, then you keep going. Rams are 25th, tied with Houston. Uh, and then you get to Carolina, who's at 30th. So, and then if you start looking at like passing offenses, I mean, the Bears are 32nd. Actually, here, let me go by yards per attempt here. So, if you start looking at passing offenses, Seattle's fifth. The Bears are seventh. Now, that's also because the Bears are throwing the ball like 115 times all year. Um, you know, but you get – there's just bad offenses. Like, if you start looking at this, the Rams can't protect. You know, the the, the Seahawks struggle to protect. It, it's it's just a who's who. I could run down a million stats here. But, yes, the point stands that the, the Niners are going to be challenged in a way defensively this game. They have not been challenged yet this year. Yeah. I would expect that the Chiefs will score in their high 20s. And the Niners – listen, they're, the Niners to win this game are probably going to have to get to 27 – 30, um, they do it, they probably win. But I think that's where they have to get to to win the game. It's going to be an interesting game. Shout out to a couple of people in the chat. I appreciate you. By the way, if you're watching on YouTube, if you could hit that like button, I'd really appreciate it. Um, uh, Matt Riley says, cheers, fellas. Enjoying vacation with a KC beer down here in Southwest Missouri. Hey, Matt, enjoy that vacation, brother. You earned it. If you got some time, take a picture of that beer and send it to KC Beer on Twitter, at KC Beer Co. Um, and then uh, shout out to Armando. This is a great show. A Buffalo fan, but the show is fire. Appreciate you, man. Um, always appreciate when the Bills fans come in to check things out and are cool. Um, yeah, and, and just shout out to everybody else who's watching. Our guy Flapjack, of course, best damn podcast group ever. Um, appreciate you, sir. Um, 
Niners all damn day says uh, revenge game for Charvarius Ward. That's what we've all been waiting for is the, the Charvarius Ward revenge game. Um, <laughs> By the way, Action Jackson made a point, I, I, who is our, our resident, like he's our, our Bills fan that's here all the time. Uh, says, how dare you slander dangerous and the Bron- danger Russ and the Broncos <laughs> high-flying offense. That's right. I, the Broncos think so bad, I literally forgot to even mention where they ranked as I was going through those teams. <laughs> yeah. Like The Broncos, by the way, are dead last just about every offensive category. So just just pencil them in for like thirty second. Uh, I don't know if you're a Niners fan, you have to be physically ill losing that team. Yeah, I don't even know how it's possible. Th- that team is. By the way, the Jets. I would bet a good amount of money the Jets will go in there and win this weekend. The Jets are confident as hell. They feel great about themselves. And Denver is just. Did you see that Subway commercial with Russell Wilson? No. Oh man, it, dude, it's an all timer. <laughs> I He's saw the one. Up. I saw the quote. About him healing fast and having Wolverine blood. Did you see that? He one? has Wolverine blood. I thought yeah, it was a parody. If I, by the way, okay, and it, I'm not ripping the reporter who reported this, but I couldn't help but laugh. Do you see the report? I don't even say who it was. The report of the whole thing about his hamstring is like, it's a real injury and he's in real pain. Like, has it ever been reported like that ever in the history of injuries? <laughs> right. It's a real injury, and he's in real pain. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, I would like. Aren't we supposed to assume it's like that? It just goes to show. Injury. Like it just goes to show that nobody thinks he's actually hurt. Yeah. Like I no, I don't know if he's hurt or not. Okay, but it clearly, like people are like sitting there, kind of. I think with their with their heads cocked a little bit. Like, okay, what? Every time he has a bad game in prime time, now he's got like another injury. Yeah. Um, it's it's bad. Denver is Denver is a disaster. Oh my God! Yeah, um, it's not but, good. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm I'm personally enjoying it. Um, all right, let's get to our uh, keys of the game. Uh, what's the What's the key for you if the Chiefs want to win this game? They have to stop the run. They have. They have. To, and, and look, you're never going to totally, 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 you know, just bog down the Niners rushing. It's too good. Like the Niners, they're one of the more well-designed run games in the league. Jeff Wilson is a guy who can break off big runs. He's not. Like, carry to carry, if you watch him, he's not incredible, but he has the capability of just ripping off a 40-yarder. Um, with Trent Williams and, and Mike McGlinchey in there, they've got great tackles. The, the interior, Banks has been a really nice surprise to them in the interior uh, after losing Lake and Tomlinson and Alex Mack this offseason. The interior is a little weaker than the exterior, but it's still yeah. it's, a, it's a good front. Um, you check, for my money, is the best fullback in football. And then you have Kittle, who serves as essentially a sixth offensive lineman. So – you better come with it if you're Kansas City's front, or, or you're you're going to be just on the ground getting run over. Uh, I, I think that's got to be in this game. If you're the Chiefs, and I will tell you right now, I say this every week with the Chiefs, but it deserves to be reset. They have to tackle in this game. If they don't tackle Debo Samuel, he's gone. That guy is a truck coming downhill. So I think you got to be able to stack the box a little, stop the run, force Garoppolo to throw the ball in some longer down and distances, get some pressure. If the Chiefs can slow down the run, I think they actually match up really well passing-wise. Um, if they can't, then I think it becomes a very long afternoon, and it becomes a very close game, and it becomes who makes a mistake or who makes one big play. Yeah, 49ers, anytime you have a good defense in the NFL, you can make things ugly, especially if you're at home. Yep. So the Chiefs are going to be careful. Uh, <clears throat> for me, it's just it's it's execute your offense early if you're Kansas City. Um, as you pointed out, getting a lead for Kansas City is going to make things a little bit easier on them defensively. If they come out and they're flat, 
like they have been in the past in games where they haven't played well. They need to come out and play like they did against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a similar team with a with a good, a really good defense that we were concerned about. And I actually picked the Chiefs to lose that game. The Chiefs came out, they executed from the off, jumped all over the the Bucks, and never looked back. That's that's the way they need to play against this 49ers oh. team because if they let them in, they'll make a game of it. They better be ready because the Chiefs after that game talked about how much it meant to them to get revenge. Well, guess what? The Niners lost to you in the Super Bowl a few years ago. Right. They're going to want revenge. So you bet you better be prepared for this game. Look, I, yeah. look the, the one obvious thing that we haven't even said, I think mostly because it's just obvious, the big advantage the Chiefs have in this game is on their center. I mean, the, the Chiefs have, in my opinion, the best quarterback in football, certainly a top two quarterback, okay? I mean, Garoppolo's, I don't know, you know, a, the average 16, 17, somewhere in there. Like, that is – that is to me. Th- that's where you got to look at this game. Go look. If you're the Chiefs, you make it about that, right? I mean, that that's what you have to do in this game. Because if you make it about that, you win. You're just, you're just so much better at the most important position on the field. You win the game. Yeah. If you if, but if they if the Niners can run the ball like crazy, now it's not about that, and then it changes the whole thing. And then everything changes. I, I like Action Jackson's uh, point here, the the old prop bet here. What's the fewest passing yards ever recorded in a game? Danger Russ and uh, Zach Wilson are hunting for that record this weekend. Oh, you know what? I'm going to look that up, actually. I don't know if you're on Twitter, if you follow me on Twitter. I'm going to look that up, and I'm going to tweet that out, and I'm going to credit you for it because that's funny. Yeah. Um, that is hilarious. I don't, I don't know. I'd have to look. But we could definitely see a stat line where you're just like, oh, my God. Like, Wilson's thrown for 84 yards and 27 attempts, and the other Wilson has thrown for, you know, 92 yards and 20 <laughs> attempts. I mean, that, that's in play. Yeah, that's, that's a good, yeah. Call. good teams to be running backs on. Um, all right, let's. Uh, uh, we're going to get you our final score predictions for this weekend's game. But before we do that, um, we got to do some quick listener reviews. If you like this podcast and you want to leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts, it really helps more people find the show. So leave us that five-star review over there if you haven't done it yet. Even if you have, leave us a written review and ask us a question. We'll answer it on the podcast. We're going to do some of that right now. Um, from Best Chiefs Podcast, or Best Chiefs Podcast from, uh, oh, geez, I don't know how to read this. One UV. T-H-U-H-U-N from October 13th says uh, there can be only one. And this podcast is it. My only question out of the entire Arrowhead Addict crew, who can throw the pigskin the furthest? That's a really good one. It's not me. I'm terrible at throwing a football. I was a baseball player. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll bow out of this right now. What about you, Verderam? You and I have tossed pigskin around the Arrowhead parking lot a little bit. You got a pretty good arm. We have. Uh, you know, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't know. I, I can't. I can't ask Sterling. Sterling, I feel like is a is a pretty decent athlete. So, I mean, an NFL football is a lot bigger than people think. Yeah, it is. Like an NFL football is. I I have pretty big hands, and like it's it's hard to control the ball. Like it truly is. I, I'll I'll go ahead and not be bashful and say me, just because I'm I'm definitely the, I think the, the bigger of of the four of us. So yeah. I think I'll probably I'll take that. I I would think with like a college size ball. I don't know. I could maybe throw the ball 45 yards, something like that. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm hilariously wrong. And if I threw the ball, maybe I throw like 25. I have no idea. Yeah. I'm, I've got a ball barking at yeah. me 40. Um, I'll, I'll say, I'll say me, but uh, I, I also, it, it's a complete shot in the dark here. Yeah. We're going to have to get to, we have to have the Arrowhead Attic podcast combine at some point. Yep. Um, you know, I'm going to go with uh, Adam Best is really tall, lengthy, uh, length, lengthy guy. Like, sure. um, 
Sterling, obviously, uh, he's, he's, he's a golfer. He's out there. He's, uh, you know, he's stretched out, limber. I'm going to go with Matt Connor. I bet it's Matt Connor. I bet he's, I bet he's got a sneaky, strong arm. Okay. Um, he could. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll have to, we'll have to all get together, uh, maybe sometime soon in Kansas City for the Airhead Attic Podcast combine. Um, next up is a uh, UK, uh, Badger91 says, a must for all Chiefs fans. Being a Chiefs fan in the UK can be hard to keep up to date with all the ongoings in Chiefs Kingdom. Uh, but with this station, make sure I'm up to date. The shows are informative and they are extremely hilarious. Would highly recommend. Special shout out for Matt Verderam. His insights, views, and rants are a great listen. Yeah, amen to that. Appreciate the reviews, guys. Um, you're awesome. Leave us, uh, leave us a five-star review over there, and we'll read yours on the podcast. All right, um, let's get into our final score predictions for this weekend. Uh, I think I went first last weekend, uh, so you can kick us off, Verderam. Yeah, I struggle with this. Um, I, I don't know how this game's going to play out. I think, in the end... The Chiefs find a way. I just, I trust, I trust that the quarterback advantage probably makes the difference in the end of the game. Um, certainly, it's reasonable if you want to say, "Hey, look, I'm taking the Niners." Um, but I, I think in, it's one of these things where the Chiefs know you, you got to curtail the run here. I mean, I, I cannot imagine that Spagnolo, who I like maybe more than than some here, I can't imagine see Spagnolo goes into this game and goes, "Yeah, you know, we're good." But good, we're going to let them just run all over us. Um, I think the Niners are still going to get theirs. They're they're just a, they're a very good team. Uh, I had this game twenty seven. Actually, you know what? Because because of some of the guys in defense come back for the Niners. I, I had I, I'm looking at my picks right now. I picked twenty seven twenty three. I'm actually going to lower that a little because the Niners are getting healthier. I'll say it's like twenty four to twenty Kansas City. I, I think it's close. I don't think I, I don't think it's even one of these like oh the Niners got a garbage time. I think it's close. I think it's sweating this out for a full sixty. But I, I think Kansas City will make enough plays with Mahomes against a banged up secondary to to find a way to win the game. All right. Um, so you think the Chiefs cover? Uh, look, I think the Chiefs they're coming off a loss, and I think that is bad news for the 49ers. You know they came out on fire following their loss to the Colts, steamrolled the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, 49ers obviously have a terrific defense. They have a smart head coach. San Francisco, uh, they were a little banged up. Sounds like they're getting healthy. I think Shanahan's got them ready to play, but I, I just think the Chiefs are going to end up having too much firepower offensively and for the 49ers to hang in this one. So it might be close early, but I think Casey gets back in the win column. I got a Chiefs 31, 49ers 21. I think, I think it matters that Kansas City's coming off a loss to the Bills. I think it matters. Um, it's going to matter on how they play. And I think it's going to matter that they're getting Trent McDuffie back and they're getting Willie Gay Jr. back and they're getting some guys a little oh, bit. No, that matters. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a it big also, By the way, matters if Brian Cook is healthy. Yes. If Brian Cook's played really well for them. Yeah. Like Brian Cook, I, I mentioned, and listen, the Bills fans in here, I think will understand this because they see me and they're used to me. I tweeted out the other day, I was like, look, both teams were missing guys that mattered in that game. Travis White was, is a great player. Okay. He wasn't there. And the Chiefs were missing McDuffie and Gay and and Fenton and and Cook, and Bill Shanks is furious. They're like, how could you compare Travis White to? I'm like, I'm I'm not. I'm like, Travis White is the best player of those guys. But like, when you're missing, say whatever you want about Fenton. When you're missing four guys who play starter snaps for you, like it matters. So getting getting those guys back, at least with three of those guys back, it, you know, it definitely helps. I think. Again, I think this game comes down to if the Niners can run the ball really effectively, they will have a shot to win this game. If the Chiefs hold them 
to an unaf- to an ineffective running game, and it becomes one of these things where Garoppolo's got to beat him with his arm. Yeah, then I think this game becomes a game the Chiefs really want to play. So we'll see. But I, I think it's a good game. I think it's a tough game. Uh, I think Kansas City wins close. And I got to tell you, if you're the Chiefs, you don't care how you win. You just want to win and get the five and two and get out of there. Because after this, if, for those unaware, by week after the Niners game, and then they come home, they play the Titans on Sunday night football, and they play Jacksonville, and then they play the Chargers, and they come home and play the Rams. Three of the next four at home after this Niners game, and they and they should absolutely beat the hell out of those three teams at home. Yeah. I mean, if they don't, I will be genuinely concerned. Three and and the night and the Chargers game, while it's on the road, you're not going to see Bosa. Slater's out for the year. I mean, look, that's you. You could it, potentially, depending if you win these next three games, okay, and then you go play the Chargers. You win that game, you basically put the division on ice. So you, you got, I mean, this next month for the Chiefs here is huge. It really is. Then set up the end of the season. Yeah, it's going to be a, a really interesting stretch here. The Chiefs need this one. They need this one to stay on top in the AFC West and to get right going into the bye week. Um, okay, so uh, we got to do this now. Um, it's time for a serial review. If you're new to the okay. podcast, this is a serial podcast in which we sometimes talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. So um, uh, I got a couple things here. So first. I wanted to show off this bowl that my aunt got me. I've, I've talked about it on the podcast. This thing's pretty incredible. So if you like cereal, this bowl is designed. You can see the inside of it here. Up, up here is where you pour in your cereal. And then there's this ramp right here that you put. You can push your cereal around and down into the milk so that it doesn't get soggy. It's absolutely incredible. I'm eating out of this thing every day. It's a good, solidly constructed bowl. It's even got like a little under here. You know, you like, you know, walk around, you pour your cereal, you, you know, you're, you're not sitting at the kitchen table eating your cereal. You go and sit in front of the TV. It's even got this down here. You can kind of hold on and grab onto the bowl and eat. It's fantastic. Highly recommend. Um, look this thing up. I forget, I don't know what the hell it's called, um, but it, it's got little, little grippers on the bottom. Premium cereal bowl right here. All right. Jaws cereal. Didn't know this existed until yesterday when it showed up in my front door. All right. Your flavors here are cocoa, honey, caramel, uh, and multigrain cereal. So it's got different shapes. All right. See, there you get this. That's right, Niners, all damn day. This is what we do here. Um, I'm pulling out some of the First of all, the box. If you find this in the UK, I'll ask my sister where she got it. It looks like it's made, you know, universal, obviously, is a Jaws. It, uh, Jaws is a universal thing. Um, if you like cereal or, or even if you like movies, I would consider ordering this just to, as a collector's item because you can't get it in the States. And it's just, it's really fucking cool. Like it's a great box. Uh, the feeding time on it is hilarious. Um, so that's sort of the, the, the review of the box. Um, it's, it's, worth, it's worth a grab. Um, so I poured this and I'm thinking to myself, okay, what do we got here? We got these different shapes. So there's, I wanted to ask your opinion on this, Vertoram. Is, yeah, is this a man or is this a kraken? Look at this. Can you see this thing here? Yes. I think it's a Kraken because uh, of like the crown thing. It might be. Yeah. I was going to ask you, like, are the, are the figures in the cereal, are they are they like people? No, there's no people. I thought, well, at first. That would be amazing. Yeah, at first I thought, because this kind of looks like a little like muscly man. You know, if you look at it, he's like, he's all, but, but I think it's a Kraken. Um, okay. And then it's got, it's got the, uh, it's got the sharks, right? The little shark cereal. There's one. And then there's a chocolate one here. Uh, and then it has these starfish in there as well. So I did the dry test. 
The dry test was okay. You get like uh, cocoa puffs from the chocolate ones. Okay. But what's interesting here is it's cocoa, honey, and caramel flavor. So this is the most surprising thing. When I got it in milk and I started eating it, it's really good. It's got um, salt. Like that caramel, it's like salted caramel, which I don't think I've ever tasted on cereal before. It's like a, okay. like, a, like an aggressive salt flavor. Not like gross, but like if you've ever had salted caramel anything. Yeah. That's what comes through in like these these pieces right here. Nice. So you're getting like a little bit of cocoa puffs in somebody. Then you're getting this like like in, really interesting salted caramel flavor. So um, I liked it. As you know, on this uh, podcast, we do the CT Crunch scale from zero CT Crunch because CT Crunch is the goat cereal. Yeah. So yep. zero CT Crunches to five uh, being, you know, five would basically be CT Crunch level. Uh, I'm going to give it three and a half CT Crunches. Okay. Not quite a four. Sure. Um, it's lacking a little bit of punch, but I, it, the, the, the salted caramel thing is really what pushed it over the edge for me. I was like, shit, this is interesting. This is an interesting cereal. And then of course, like, I'm just going to hang on to the box. Cause I, I have to, yeah I'm, yeah. A, I'm a horror fan. I'm a cereal fan. This is pretty much like the greatest thing uh, I've ever seen. And, and, and shout out to my, you with the super chat for, for the cinnamon toast crunch. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. And a shout out to my sister, Megan, who sent this to me. Um, you know, that came from the UK. It was like, I think the box was like $10 and the shipping was 30. So that's love right there. That's family, yeah, really you know, uh, $40 blocks of cereal, but I opened it immediately you and know, had a bowl. Now I went to the supermarket this morning. Now I got to go back because I, I, the other day I got cocoa. All right. Cocoa. I got count chocolate. Uh, I'm actually going to go to target and ask them if they, like, what would a pallet cost me? <laughs> like because yeah, because like, they're going to screw me and this is going to go away in like a week and a half. Yep. What if I, like, I got, I got plenty of room in the basement. Like what if, what if I were to buy a pallet of Count Chocula and then hawk it for double the price? Like yeah. keep half of myself and then just jack the, the price up on these dopes who didn't go get a pallet. On the, it's on uh, the black market, right? That's right. Yeah. Out in the, exactly. You're out in the alley and you can actually wear the Count Chocula cloak, you know, and you yeah. open it up and you got. I, I had a. Uh, I had somebody who was a fan of the podcast send me a Count Chocula t-shirt. No shit. So, oh, yeah. Oh, somebody yeah. sent you a Count Chocula t-shirt? Yeah. Yep. I oh, yeah. Nice handwritten note, the whole deal. Oh, yeah. This is uh, – I'm a little offended, you know? Nobody's I, ever I, I, sent me anything came with, from a, the came with a box of Mahomes Magic Crunch. All right. Yeah. Now, that, now I'm really mad. You got Mahomes Magic Crunch? You ought to be. You ought to, it came with a very nice letter. Still got it in my desk drawer. Very nice. Won't, uh, won't say the man's name in case you, you know, he'd be embarrassed or whatnot, but very nice. Um and uh, yeah, oh yeah, came with the whole deal. It's like a care package. It's beautiful. I see, I see I, where I, I stand with you guys. I, we see how the the podcast rankings are shaking out here. I mean, uh, yeah. Listen, Chris Albright is in the chat right now. That man, he he sent me cereal before. So we're you know that's uh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. So the Jaw cereal, great. Uh, see if you can find it, um, and uh, and get yourself a box. Uh, recommend. Yep. And of course, it's Count Chocula season. So to be getting Jaws cereal, I'm a big horror fan. I'm just beside myself. It's just awesome. The feeding time is what just sent me. Yeah, Hilarious. That's absolutely. I totally agree. That's the best part. Yeah, absolutely the best part. Um, super simple box. So, um, all right, Verderam, we got to get out of here, man. We've been going for an hour and 20 minutes. It's like an old school uh, Alan and Verderam podcast. I haven't had one yeah. of these in a while. Um, all right, everybody, listen. So uh, on Sunday, it is a like 325 kick. So no pregame show for Chiefs 49ers. Um, we'll probably jump in for halftime, uh, yep. break it down. Half-time and then, post. Yeah, we'll do the postgame show. So make sure you're back here at the Arrowhead Attic podcast. 
Um, how do people send cereal, Kale? I guess they just they DM us on Twitter. Tell you what, no, it was actually funny. Uh, real quick, I actually got an email <laughs> from because in my in my Twitter feed, if you like, for people they want to email me or whatever, it has my agent's email, and so he emailed my agent, and my agent <laughs> emailed me. It was like, hey, uh, I don't know what to do with this, but somebody wants to send you cereal. <laughs> and I was like, send them through, send them give through. them the address, yep, yep. and so she was like, okay. <laughs> And I had to call her and explain to her like what what the story was, and she thought it was pretty yeah. funny. Um, probably thought it was nuts, but thought it was funny. So yes, um, hey, listen, I'm yeah, hey, cereal, bring it in. You know, my my, my father was like, you got to be careful. Some of you might try to poison you. I'm like, let him do it. Yeah, I'm gonna work anymore. You know, that's fine. I thought for uh, sure you were gonna get like uh, what were they sent? What's the white powder they were sending? It? Anthrax. Yeah, anthrax. Yeah. Hey, listen, could be a you know little little anthrax. Yeah, you know, keeps you honest. Yeah, one of those Raiders um, fans gonna get out of prison and finish off i was gonna say they don't they don't they can't mail from prison um <laughs> i'm not worried about it. if i get a, if i get a license plate in the mail i know it's from a raiders right fan. right um but uh you know and if i get if i get a box that's covered in tears it's a broncos fan right right um, and if you so, do, if you get it, nothing you know it came from a Chargers fan. <laughs> right, right, uh, those people don't exist by the way we close right here on monday night football and they played denver there were more empty seats in that stadium than there were chargers fans the team's four and two right there's nobody there. Like I was like, look, we can, I don't know the exact uh, capacity of SoFi stadium off the top of my head. Oh, you and I have been there. It's a huge stadium. Okay. The chiefs play there three weeks after their buy. Okay. The capacity is 70,000. If I gave you an over under number of 40,000 chiefs fans, would you take the over or the under? Over. So would I honest yeah. to God. I think that place is going to be three to one. Yeah. <laughs> Insane. Yeah. Bad. There's no fans. I've never seen it like that. Even the Rams, like some fans, these games. Right, right. Chargers fans, it's like, oh, we couldn't sell the other team. Well, then I guess they're empty seats. Yeah, that's it. It's not good. This is the organization who once invited Chiefs fans uh, in a group rate. Emailed me, invited Chiefs fans to come out to when they were in San Diego, and then the uh, the uh, Chargers had to have a meeting about it. And then uh, uh, one of the ownership guys released a statement and was like, "Yeah, this one hurt." And it was my article. Proudest moment as a Chiefs fan. Um, did some radio hits about it. it was great. Um, all right, everybody. Listen, last thing before we go. At midnight tonight, this expires. FanDuel. Yeah. Use the code Arrowhead. If you want to support the podcast, if you just want to get this great deal, this great promo that they're offering, bet five, get $150 in free bets, plus three months of NBA League Pass. Um, now's the time. You got to do it right now. Use that code Arrowhead. Help us out. Um, we appreciate it to everybody who did it. All of you who did that for us last week, you guys are the fucking bomb. Thank you so much. Um, and, and if you've done it, if you signed up, and a few of you signed up but haven't made the bet yet or, or made the deposit yet, you got to do that to get that free NBA League Pass. All right, everybody, thank you so much for watching this marathon of a show. Uh, yep. For our producer, Richard, for all of our uh, Arrowhead Attic members, for Matt Burgeram, my name is Patrick Allen. We will see you on Sunday. Until then, go Chiefs. Say goodbye 
your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.